0: You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleaver, Texas and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit hopechurchcleburne.com. As many of you know, we, we welcomed in our fourth child, Jonah, to this world this last August, or this last... When was he born? Yeah. Set, when? December, yeah. When do you, when you have four kids? Thank you. Thank you. Hey, can we, can we rewind and restart this? Okay, here we go. This last December, we welcomed <laughs> in our fourth child, Jonah, into the world. And, and he, he came into the world. He, he came actually kind of quick. He came quicker than the other ones uh, came and, and the first night things just seemed a little off. He, he was grunting a lot. He was groaning, he was coughing, uh, and, and Crystal was just real concerned with him. And so, um, the next morning Crystal had a, had a procedure set up. And so they decided to take Jonah, uh, to the nursery to kind of check him out. Cause he'd had some spit up, uh, that was kind of a greenish color. Uh, so if you know anything about kids, that's, that's usually, that can be a sign of something being wrong, one of which being a bowel obstruction. So they took him to the nursery and they decided to, to do a, a scan to see if he was able to pass things through his bowels. And so you actually see this picture right here. Don't go to the next one until I, I'm going to get to that point of the story. But this is me. I'm sitting here talking to him. Crystal's in surgery right now. It's just me and him. Uh, Mom felt compelled to get up that morning. uh, And you'll understand why she felt compelled a little bit. But I'm just talking to him. And the doctor came to me and said, hey, we're running the scan. Uh, We're going to see if he's able to pass through. And, And I asked her, I said, okay, so if he can't pass things through his stomach, what do we do? And she goes, oh, we'll just transfer him to Cook's and he'll have to have immediate surgery. Just that flat. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. No problem. He's a newborn. All right. And so I'm sitting there just loving on him, caring for him. And then finally, a call comes back from the scan. He's clean, okay? He was, able, he was able to pass things through, and so it's time for him to eat. So mama's in surgery, so what did I do? I fed him a bottle. Then all of a sudden, at the end of the bottle, you know, I've fed three kids, right? Fourth, no big deal. All of a sudden, I'm burping him, then he just, he just spazzes out almost like he's having a panic attack and just throws up everything that I've fed him everywhere. And then his oxygen, because he's hooked up to the monitor, you can see the monitor kind of up in behind him. The monitor started dropping down to 80% oxygen rate. And I'm sitting there going, uh, uh. I'm there by myself, the baby's screaming. And these nurses, they're used to baby screaming, but I know that something's not wrong. So finally I get the attention. And then as soon as The nurse, the nursery nurse gets there. She calls on her little walkie-talkie or whatever they call it. She calls for a NICU nurse. I'm sitting there going, uh, what's going on? You know, you ever have that helpless moment where you want to help your kid, but you don't know what to do? Uh, In fact, they told me, get out of the way, Dad. I'm like, I'm trying to help. Leave me alone. Uh, And then the next picture, you can see they've got him up and they're trying to clear him. You can see his color. He's kind of starting to get blue. And... At that point, the NICU nurse calls in the head nurse and all the while, you forgot mom's in surgery. So I'm there by myself going, what's going on? And so they get him clear. He he had aspirated some of the the formula that he'd thrown up. They cleared him all out. And and the nurse said, hey, we're going to take him to the NICU because we need to figure out what's going on. So I didn't really get a chance to say goodbye and they wheeled him away and then boom, I'm left there. I, I was supposed to be taking care of my son. I was supposed to make sure he was all right. Mama's in surgery and now the baby's gone to the NICU and I don't even know what's going on. So if you have your Bibles today, grab them. Go to Luke chapter eight. We're gonna start in verse 22 and we're gonna talk about another catastrophe so I have one more as you're turning one more picture this is actually him hooked up to all of his uh, you can see the humongous IV there in the bottom of his hand we that's the only picture we could find with him hooked up to all of his cords we were we were all so distraught that we fought, forgot to actually take pictures of what he looked like in the NICU uh, and so that's the only one we've got of him all hooked up to the cords and the cables so Luke chapter 8 starting in verse 22. One day Jesus said to the disciples, "Let's go over to the other side of the lake." So they got up into the boat and set out. As they set out, as they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him up saying, "Master, master, we're going to drown." He got up and rebuked the winds And the raging waters, the storm subsided and all was calm. Where's your faith? He asked the disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. The problem is the story is the disciples had followed Jesus. They had seen him do great and mighty, powerful works. And here comes a storm, and and what is their initial reaction? Not, Lord, what do we do? It's, wake up, Jesus, we're going to die, right? They let fear and anxiety control them. And guys, sometimes we do that in our lives. Sometimes we allow the fears and the anxiety and, and all the things that we have building up in our life, it controls us to the point that we forget who we worship. We worship the almighty, powerful God, the creator of the universe. And we think when we have fear and anxiety that he can't handle it. I heard a sermon this week by Stephen Furtick on anxiety, and it says worry is worship in reverse. You're worshiping the worry, not the God who can transform the worry. So guys, today, what I want to talk to us about is is what do we do when anxiety takes over? We see with the disciples, their anxiety took over and they just could not think. They knew who they were following. They'd seen him do mighty things and their first thought is, Jesus, we're gonna die. What do we do? So what do you do when anxiety takes over? Number one, trust God's wisdom. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. And if you struggle with worry, if you struggle with fear, put this on your mirror in the bathroom. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all of your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Trust God. He made you. Guys, did you know? that there is nothing that is going to happen in your life that is a surprise to God. What you've experienced this morning, God already knew it was gonna happen. If you got up and you got in a fight with your significant others, if you felt like you were gonna kill your kids before you left the house this morning, God knew. God gave you the strength to not kill those kids and go to jail. He gave you that strength. And so back to my story about Jonah. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to help my child other than just break down. In fact, we were waiting on the doctor to come back. And shortly after they wheeled Jonah away, Crystal's doctor came and said they had finished the procedure and everything was fine. And, she's, and, I, and I told her what happened, and she goes, Okay, you need to go tell Crystal. So, man, I mean, that was a long walk down to recovery. I walked into the recovery room. I'm I'm sitting there like, I'm a strong husband. I could do this. Don't cry. You got this, all right? You're the man. Come on. I walked in, and she goes, where's Jonah? And I go, I could just start bawling. Now, of course, she's on drugs, so she didn't make fun of me. Uh, and she just hugged me and i told her what happened and she said she i didn't even get i didn't even get everything out of my mouth and you know what she said she said it's going to be okay god's got him now that could have been the drugs talking but maybe not <laughs> she's like god has him so then then i had to leave crystal because i guess i can't walk with her when they transfer her up to the room then i come back to the room and and mom's sitting there. I don't know if she remembers that conversation. I'm sitting there bawling like a baby. I'm, you know, Those of y'all that know me, you've probably never seen me cry. Uh, so crying's hard for me. Uh, and I'm trying to hold it in and it's ugly because I don't want to cry. But I am crying and the snot's just, you know, making its way out the nose. And, you know, I'm just, I didn't, at the time, I just didn't know what to do. And so, Kind of what came to me is that, you know what? What Crystal said is that God has this. So why do you think that the creator of the universe can't function without your worry? Let me say that that for you again. I'm not sure if this is the quotable moment or is there another one. I don't remember. Why do you think that the creator of the universe can't function without your worry? We sometimes think that we have to worry so that God knows enough to fix our problems. But guys, I'm here to tell you, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not unto your understanding. Because you may be going through a problem, you may be going through a struggle so that the Lord can shape your understanding of him. Sometimes we don't go through things. God doesn't allow us just to go through bad things just because he likes to see us go through bad things. He's trying to shape us to be better. So number two, just pray. Just pray. Romans 8, 26 through 27 says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through our wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God, for God's people in accordance with the will of God. This verse tells you that the Spirit of God takes over when we pray. Did you know that the Spirit, Jesus, they're they're all interceding on our behalf? Even when we don't even know what to pray for, the Lord is praying for us, helping us. And guys, I didn't know what to pray for, for Jonah. I didn't know what to pray for. The problem is, they, we walked in, the doctor gave us the diagnosis. They said, well, it, he could be septic. Now, if you know anything about sepsis, that's, that's lethal for a baby because they don't have a lot of immune system to fight it. He could be septic. He could be this. He could be that. And we said, well, what is he? And they're like, I don't know. And I was sitting there, what do we pray for? And that's when this verse in Romans tells us that even when you don't know what to pray for, the Spirit takes over. Guys, have you ever been in your your prayer time and you just you felt like God took over praying for you? Some people call that their prayer language, some people call it speaking in tongues, depending on what you call it. But there's times that I'm praying that that I've just got to let God take control. And Paul talks about groans and utterances that we do not understand. Guys, sometimes the best cure for anxiety is praying in the spirit, praying that God would take over and show us what we need to pray for even when we don't know how to pray for ourselves. So when fear and anxiety shake you to your knees, you are already in the right position for war say that again, because I don't think you got it. When fear and anxiety shake you to your knees, you are already in the right position for war. I saw something on Facebook this week and I loved it. I wish I had the picture and I could throw it up there. It said, this is how I fight my battles. And it shows someone on their face praying before the Lord. That's how you fight your battles. When you don't know what to pray for, you ask the spirit to pray for you. You allow the spirit to take over. You allow the spirit to control your thought processes. And number three, use everything God has at your disposal. God has put a ton of things at your disposal. It says in Romans eight twenty eight. further in that verse, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Everything at our disposal is a gift from God. And so God has given you some practical things to help you fight anxiety. I actually got these from a a psychological um, article that talked about how do you handle, now it's from a Christian perspective, how do you handle anxiety? So I've got, if you're a note taker, I know some of y'all are anal note takers. I've got nine things that you can do, and I'll, if you, if you don't get all nine, just email me and I'll send you my notes. Number one, is there sin in your life? Unfortunately, sometimes our anxiety and all that welds up in our lives because we've got, we've got guilt. We've got guilt of something that has not been taken care of in our lives that we need to get straight before the Lord, and that. That guilt wells up into us and creates anxiety. The, number two, the second thing that you can do to help yourself with anxiety is get a good night's sleep. Get a good night's sleep. Did you know that humans generally need eight to nine hours per day of sleep? Sleep dep- deprivation can increase anxiety. So go home and take a Sunday nap. That's what you need, okay? Okay. That's how you fight your battles. Amen. Amen. All right. Do we need to have altar right now? Okay. (laughs) Number three, be more realistic with yourself. Many people are worried and anxious about events that will never actually happen to them. Did you know that sometimes we worry so much about what might happen that we're not focusing on what's happening right now? Any of you out there? Can I get an amen? I'm not looking right at you or anything. The fourth thing is listen to some relaxing music. You know, for, for us, for everybody, relaxing music is different. You know, some people think relaxing music is the, the thing that, you know, like when they give you a massage, you know what I'm talking about? It's, it's like the pads that we use. Yeah. Except they have like trickling, which almost makes you feel like you have to pee, which is weird. <laughs> Um, You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, okay. But for me, for me, heavy rock and roll, cranked up, man, that's just mm, glory, right? I'm just like, yeah, this is how I fight my battles, yeah. (laughs) Crank it up at 11, right? Rock and roll, okay? I won't tell you what I'm listening to because uh, I don't want you to judge me. Number five. (laughs) Number five. Have fun. Have fun. Did you know that it's good for you sometimes to do things that relax you? That, that, did you know it's, it's good for you to do activities that you enjoy doing? Wow. Be set free in that today, okay? <laughs> Number six, talk to someone. Did you know that God has put people full of wisdom in your life to talk to? And sometimes... You're just being a goofball. And if you talk to somebody, they would tell you, stop being a goofball, and you'd feel a whole lot better. Amen? All right. Two people. Great. Take action. If there's something practically you can do to lift that fear off of you, do it. If you're struggling with making money, go mow some lawns. Make some extra money. That'll help you worry about money. Do something to help make the problem better. Don't just sit at home and go, I don't know what I'm going to do. Do something, man. Sorry, I'm a type A person. Doing is not a problem for me. Number eight, it's going to step on a few toes. Exercise. Right. Okay, glory, hallelujah, all right. Did you know, medical studies show that exercise can help lower your anxiety. okay. The rest of you are like, shut up, pastor. I do curls every day. You'll get that when you get home. And you actually do it. You're like, oh, yeah, that's a curl. I get it. All right. And number nine. And number nine, growing up in church, this is something that was never talked about. You know, sometimes it's okay to get professional help. Did you know that sometimes it's okay to talk to a professional counselor, psychologist, something like that? You know, did you know that your pastor actually does that? You know, because there's not a whole lot of people I can go to talk to and just say what I want to say without fear of retribution. That's a big word, sorry. I butchered it. But, uh, you know, I have a counselor that I go and see on occasion. Now, I don't go see her all the time. Um, She's she's located in Mansfield, so she knows none of you people. Uh, And, when I when I just spill everything out and she tells me that I'm a normal person and it's okay not to kill people, uh, you know, she goes, You got this, you know what you're doing, just just relax. That just I feel I I walk out of there feeling like I'm a hundred foot tall and bulletproof. Just by simply talking to somebody that knows what they're doing. And guys, I want you to know there's no shame in that. Guys, sometimes your marriage You're having so much trouble in your marriage because you just, you two just can't see eye to eye and you're just, you're just both so hard headed that you will, you'll just keep butting heads until you finally get somebody that can just sit there and say, listen, you, you, you two are just being foolish and you need to calm down. And sometimes that third party that knows what they're doing is just what you need. So what I'm saying to you guys is God has given you the wisdom to take care of yourself. So do it. Stop messing around and start taking care of yourself. Don't be surprised when anxiety rules your life when you're not sleeping. You're not taking care of yourself. You're not eating right. You're not exercising. You're not talking to somebody about your problems. You're holding it all in and you're wondering why you explode on the first person that that talks weird at you. Or or at or at Walmart when they hit you with your cart and you're like, gah, you just let it all out, okay? I've seen those YouTube videos too. Just let it go, all right? So to wrap up the Jonah story, you know, we were blessed. They never actually found out what was wrong with him. They never actually found out, he didn't actually show signs of anything being wrong with him. And the way the, uh, the way the nurse explained it to me is is he just needed a little extra love and care. That's really all he ever needed. But I truly believe that whatever was going on with him, the Lord healed him. So what does this mean for us? I got three questions for you. Mo, go ahead and get set up. I'm gonna roll through these real quick. Number one, do you seek God daily for wisdom? Are you daily asking the Lord to intercede on your behalf? Number two, how often do you allow the Spirit to take over your prayer time? Do you allow, we have our devotional time, but how, how often do we allow the Lord to take over that devotional time? Do we get to dictate the schedule or does he get to dictate his time with us? Sometimes we have to allow the Lord the space that he needs to shake us up a little bit. And number three, do you take care of yourself? Do you really take care of yourself? Now, that hit the lights. I'm gonna really kind of just bring this down for you guys this morning. Prayer team, would you go ahead and get in place so they can see where you are, please? I'm trying to be kind and not demanding. One thing that you can do to take care of yourself is you have a church family here that loves you. This prayer team, they're prayed up and they're ready to go. They want to pray with you today. Anything that you're experiencing, any anxiety that you're facing today, they want you to leave this place with that burden lifted off of you. Because guys, here's the thing. I truly believe that the Lord touched Jonah and healed him 100%. And I'm saying to you today, whatever is going on in your life, no matter what you face, no matter what affliction, whether it's anxiety, whether it's a, uh, an affliction, it's an illness that the doctor says can't be taken care of without medication. Maybe the doctor says that you've been giving, given something that is incurable. I'm saying to you, today is your day of healing. God wants to heal you in this place.